Good morning, Cornerstone. My name is Max, and I will be doing the scripture reading for today. Today's scripture reading comes from Luke 15, uh, verses 1 to 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawn near to him, and the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. One man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who, repeat, who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Cornerstone family. And those of us who are here for the first time, welcome. I'm Pastor Jeff, and I'll be speaking from God's Word today. And I'm glad that we can all gather together via this form uh, and online to just focus on God's Word and what He is speaking to us from His Word and challenging us to do as His people, as His followers. We continue in our series through Luke, and we're in chapter 15, as you heard read earlier. And so uh, there's these two stories uh, that we're going to be covering, parables uh, that they are referred to, uh, that Jesus tells and uses them to teach important points and principles to his followers. Well, what is something valuable you have lost? Can you think of something you've lost that was valuable to you? I remember... One time, uh, when May and I had just moved to Southern California, Irvine, in a townhome, and so everything was new to us, and we were unpacking, and, and I don't remember exactly how long we had been there, but it wasn't, it was soon after we had moved in, and our cat, Mitty, we lost him. He had he'd gotten out, uh, and there's this, like, uh, behind our townhome, there was this, like, common courtyard-type it's like a garden area. There was a little pond there, and there's a lot of brush bushes around. And he got out, and it was nighttime. And he's black, so it was really hard to find him and see where he was. And we were calling for him, and we had our flashlights out, and it was it, we knew that it was a new area, and so he didn't know his way around and was unfamiliar with this, so we were really concerned and worried for him. And then finally, we found him uh, actually close by, um, but he must have explored and then came back. We were so overjoyed to find our little cat, Mitty. I'm always uh, misplacing my water bottle. Uh, those of you who know me have found it for me at times. I leave it everywhere. It's, it's only important to me, though, when I'm thirsty. Um, when I'm not thirsty, I'll just set it down someplace and forget about it. And I won't even realize I don't have it until I'm thirsty again. And I think of, oh, I want a drink. And then I'm like, where's my water bottle? Well, we usually notice that something's missing when it becomes valuable to us for some reason. 
And then if we don't have it, that's when we realize we're, it's lost. It's, it's not there. And that's is the reality of life. And it's the same with people. Uh, the Bible instructs what God thinks of each of us, each person alive, especially in these two parables uh, that we find in our text, Luke 15, 1 through 10. Jesus told two stories here, one about a lost sheep and one about a lost coin. Jesus told the parable of the lost sheep actually in two different contexts. Um, one is here in Luke, and one other time is recorded in Matthew chapter 18 when he told it to his disciples, his followers. But our text in Luke 15 uh, it says that he is telling this to uh, the religious elite, the uh, Sadducees, Pharisees, the religious leaders. And also we know that uh, the scum of society, at least consider that at that time, the tax collectors and, quote, sinners were also gathered around him. Now, sinners can be anybody, right? But probably more of the, socially out, the social outcasts of the day at that time. And so he was telling them in that context here in ours. But in, in Matthew, he was referring to those who had maybe uh, been a part of the Jewish community or the faith and had wandered away. So there's different contexts that Jesus uses this story of the lost sheep, especially. But God, we see in these, uh, this story that God greatly values each person, whether they're rich or poor or old or young or They've been faithful and they're no longer faithful or they never believed in the first place. God values each person. And this, the parable of the lost sheep especially um, is proof of this truth that Jesus is trying to teach uh, those he's speaking to. Look again at Luke 15, verse 4, where Jesus said, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And notice here that the shepherd counted his sheep. He, because each sheep is valuable to him. And so the shepherd knew that one had wandered off because he would regularly count the sheep to make sure they're all there. And then when the count came one short, then he knew one was missing. And my, I, it, this reminds me of my cousins who are farmers in Iowa, and they raise cattle. And they, when we go visit them, uh, sometimes when we're there, they go out into the fields. We see them, and they, we've gone with them before, too. Uh, and they've counted their cattle. And they do this regularly, especially after a severe thunderstorm. Um, and so they go out, and they count their cattle to make sure they're all in their, where they're supposed to be and that lightning hasn't struck one of them and killed them. Or they've fallen down and they, you know, they're stuck somewhere. So they, they regularly count because each um, animal is important to them. You know, an important truth to take from this parable that Jesus tells, and these parables, both of them, uh, is that God counts people because each person counts. God counts people because each person counts to Him. Now, if you're watching this today, and you think that God doesn't really uh, think that you're that important, does not care for you, that he's maybe more busy with the more important people uh, in this world than you. 
If you feel this way, you are wrong. That is not true. He, God cares for you, and He cares for each person alive. And especially if we wander away from Him and try to do our life on our own, by our own way, without even thinking of Him, He especially cares for us who have wandered off from Him. God desires that each of us come to know and believe in Him as Lord and as Savior. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And again, we see this truth in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, there's that story of Jonah, the prophet Jonah in the Old Testament. There's the book Jonah that talks about this. And God calls Jonah to go and preach his message of judgment to this pagan people that live in Nineveh, the Ninevites. And Jonah doesn't want to go. Well, I won't go into the details of the story, but the point here is that God is so concerned for these people uh, that he sends a prophet to warn them. And listen to how uh, it is stated, this truth is stated, and how God expresses his concern for the Ninevites in Jonah chapter 4, verse 11. But Nineveh, this is God speaking, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And in our text, in Luke 15, Jesus tells another story, the second story of the lost coin, to emphasize this truth specifically. Listen to this story again in verses 8 through 10. Or what woman having ten silver coins, is, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Let's pretend that I am going to give you, one of you, this $20 bill. And, but first, let me do this. Okay? So, would you still be interested in receiving this $20 bill? Um, before you answer that, let me do this. Let me take it out and throw it on the ground and, and stomp on it and twist it. Uh, so, would you still be interested in receiving this $20 bill? Yeah, of course you would. Because no matter how crumpled and dirty this $20 bill is, it still has the value of $20. It doesn't matter how it looks like. And so, as long as it's still in one piece, right? Yeah, if it's ripped up into little pieces, it's not going to be. But this does not lose its value. And it's the same way for people. Every single person, no matter how dirty and crumpled and beat up and worthless we feel, uh, the value we have before God doesn't change in His eyes. We are His creation. We are his children, his people, that he values 
ever, ever so much and loves us. And so when we who follow the Lord God love people in the name of Christ Jesus, we demonstrate that people have value to God. You know, when we share the message of Christ, when we love people in the name of Jesus, the value they have before God becomes more clear to them, more visible to them, because we are demonstrating and treating them like they are valuable to the living God. So do we love people in the name of Jesus? Do we show value to the people in our lives in some ways? Do we care enough to reach out to them and give some time to connect with them in relationship as being a good friend, a good coworker, a good fellow student um, in the name of Jesus? You know, to go out of our way to connect with them intentionally shows value to people. You know, God counts people because each person counts. And another truth we learn from the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin is that God wants us to actively search for the one who is lost. He wants us to go out there and search. And when we believe in Jesus and become a follower of Christ, we are one of God's children. And using this metaphor in the parable, uh, we are like one of God's sheep. So, but God does not want us to just get lazy and eat grass and laze around. Um, he has work for us to do because there are fellow sheep, in the sense, uh, that have wandered off and are not even maybe realizing that they're lost. And so we are to go out and find them and bring them back and show that this is the shepherd you should be following. You know, in church communities, the danger in counting the number of people we have is that we just focus on the people we are counting. And we're not thinking of those who are not present with us, that are not here, who are missing, who are lost. Now, and the question we should ask after counting is, who is not here? Do we know why they chose not to join us? Um, you know, we don't do this in a sense to hound the people that don't join our gatherings for a while or, or our life group or our Sunday adult class. No, we don't want to hound them because we just want those numbers to be up. No, that's not giving them value then. No, we, we call them up to make sure they're okay. You know, um, and this is not, not the privilege of just the pastor or uh, the group leader or the teacher of the class. No, this is the privilege that God gives all of us who follow him to seek those who have wandered away maybe and, uh, and to point them back to him as Lord. This is our privilege as followers of Christ. It's just as if like we had a family gathering, I mean, our own family gatherings, and one of our family members who was supposed to come didn't show up and nobody knew why. There was no communication. So naturally, we would call that family member to see if they were okay and check up on them because we value them. This is exactly the same attitude we have in the community of Christ, the church. Not to 
to just get our numbers up and feel like we've got a lot of people coming. No, it's because we value each person, because God values each person. Um, we are God's family. And if we value people, we will go out and search for them, especially if they're missing from our community. Jesus said in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. And hundreds of years before Jesus, the prophet Ezekiel wrote, saying, For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. You see, God is in the business of seeking those who are lost, who have gotten lost in life and doing the things that they think they need to do on their own without following Him as the Lord God. You know, the song Amazing Grace has this line, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And this imagery comes from this parable, the lost sheep. God cares for people so much that he is constantly seeking them out and finding them and then calling them to follow him. This was modeled by Jesus in his life, and this is the work of God that he's doing constantly with each person. Now, if you are struggling to accept Jesus as Lord uh, and Savior because you have unanswered questions um, or there's things in your heart that are obstacles, God is seeking you out and trying to alleviate those obstacles to following Him as Lord God. Uh, but He does this while respecting your free will to choose to reject Him at the same time. God is seeking you out each of us out, especially if we're lost. We're not following Him as Lord God. We're not convinced He is Lord. And we often feel that God, uh, that we, a person, finds God. But that's not accurate. Actually, God finds us. He seeks us out. And He uses His church people to do so, His, his followers, His family, His children to do so. He is the one who finds us and then calls us to follow Him. And then we just simply respond to him in faith or we reject him. The parable of the lost sheep makes it clear that God highly values those who have wandered away on their own. But often we do not like to go out and look for those who are lost because we're so comfortable in our lives and uh, we like our situations. And so we don't like to go out and have to intentionally try to connect and be invested in relationships that may be uncomfortable to us or inconvenient. And so we just like to stay where we are. And we see this attitude in the early church even uh, just years following the resurrection of Jesus himself. Jesus sent out his followers to sow seeds uh, of God's truth to the ends of the earth. He challenged his disciples, if you remember the Great Commission. But after those first few years, Jesus, uh, I mean, it became obvious that the most of the followers of Jesus were just sticking around the Jerusalem area and the Judea area. Um, they were not going cross-cultural. They were not going outside their comfort zone, we could call it. And consequently, the local church, in a sense, had piled up all these seeds of God's truth waist-deep in and around Jerusalem area. As South American evangelist Luis Palau 
has said, I quote, Christians are a lot like fertilizer. Piled up in one place, they will burn a hole in the ground beneath them. But spread out over a large field, they can do a lot of good. And that's why, as a church, we um, support, we pray for, we send out missionaries all over this world to go out in this world. And that's why we value greatly um, our times of gathering for worship and and when we meet in life groups in, a, in Sunday school, the Sunday class. But while we value that, we also encourage each of us to intentionally invest our time in relationships with those who are lost, those who are not followers of Jesus, because that's what God has called us to do, to go out and connect with those who are lost and point them to Jesus as Lord. We are to be the light of Christ to the lost. One way or another, the Lord is intent on getting his church out of its own little circle and to go out to the lost world and share his good news. Christians love to congregate. I mean, that's why we call ourselves a congregation, right? Uh, we are naturally drawn to community where we sense the presence of God, and this is a good thing. Um, community is part of what we are to be about. But a community of light with no outward focus can quickly turn into a burned-out community. And the purpose of light is defeated unless it penetrates darkness. Therefore, as in the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin, God wants his church, his people, to go into search mode for those who have wandered off, those who are lost um, and hurting, and bring them to Jesus and point them to Jesus as Lord for healing and for faith. You know, the risen Jesus said to his followers, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So what can we do? in response to this. Think of someone that you haven't connected with recently, maybe for a while, maybe for the whole pandemic, that you used to know and connect with, maybe a coworker, because we don't see each other anymore, right, other than on Zoom, um, or maybe someone in our community, or maybe your neighbor that you see periodically, whoever it may be, maybe it's an old friend that you just haven't connected with, um, who, Reach out to them in some way. Give them a call. Text them. Call them. Uh, email them. Whatever it is. And just ask them, I'm just calling or texting, connecting with you to see how you are. Reach out. Be intentional with connecting to people, especially those who are lost without Christ. You know, ask God. Let's ask God to show us His heart for these people who are lost. To give us His eyes to see how he sees those who are lost. The Lord sends you and me to carry his truth to the lost world because he cares for each of the people that he has created. Let us go and find them and point them to Jesus. Now, another truth we glean from these two parables is that heaven rejoices when a person is found. 
Luke 15, 7 says, just, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And again in verse 10, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You know, a shepherd in Judea had a hard and dangerous task. And pasture was scarce. And this, the narrow plateau of Palestine area, you know, Israel, was only a few miles wide. And then it ended and it goes down to the cliffs into this desolation of the desert. And uh, there's no restraining walls. And the sheep would wander away, as we mentioned before. They get lost. And the shepherd was personally responsible for the sheep. And, and if a sheep wandered off and was lost, the shepherd at least must bring home the fleece of the sheep to show, uh, to prove what had happened to it, if it had been killed by an animal or something, if it had died. And these shepherds were experts at tracking the footprints of their sheep for miles through the, the hills in order to find them if they wandered off. And this was not, uh, there was not a shepherd who wasn't willing in just a regular day's work to risk their lives for their sheep. Now, at the time of Jesus, many of the flocks of sheep were communal flocks, meaning they belonged not just to individuals, but to a whole village. So the, the sheep were owned corporately in that sense by the, vill the villagers. And there would be probably two or three shepherds uh, in charge, and those whose flocks were safe at the end of the day or a period of time, they would bring their flocks back to the village and uh, house them for the night. And uh, they would bring news that one shepherd was still out on the mountain searching for a lost sheep. And so the whole village would then become aware of that, and they'd keep watch. And when they would see the finally the shepherd coming back and returning to the village with the sheep on his shoulders, the village would rejoice that the this sheep, this one sheep is found and has returned to them. And this is the image that Jesus is using here for heaven, that God and his angels rejoice that when one person, one sinner repents and turns and humbly follows the Lord Christ. Sheep were greatly valued in Palestine, but their weaknesses were also very well known. You know, sheep were helpless, they're unable to defend themselves, and they were foolish, and they were prone to go astray, meaning they just wander off, you know. Uh, and Jesus reminds us that we, as human beings, uh, share this last characteristic of going astray often. Even as believers, as followers of Jesus, we will go astray at times. But when this happens, we are to be brought back into the community of faith and, and the community of God's sheep, in that sense, rejoicing uh, without accusation, welcoming back those who have strayed um, with rejoicing and acceptance is God's practical way of showing His grace again in the name of Christ Jesus. It, it, it brings glory to God. There's a story that illustrates this time of rejoicing. It's on January 28, 2006, and this old man, Jesse Stevens, who's around 77 years old, uh, was only about 14 miles from his home when he took a wrong turn in his SUV and found himself soon, found himself lost in the woods. And it was a Saturday night, and Jesse had just uh, been to a funeral for an old college buddy 
Uh, and this is all in East Texas, this happened. And on the way home, he found himself on what he thought was a service road, but it became a dead-end street, and, and it was dark. And before he knew it, his SUV had come to the dead end of the road, um, and the paved road, and, and then he was in a wooded area. And perhaps then Jesse was confused and when he stepped out of his vehicle, I'm not even sure why he got out of his vehicle at that point, and ventured into the heavily wooded area. Uh, and as he wandered around in the dark, he tripped and he fell down into the thick brush and tall grass. And every time he attempted to get up and walk, he would trip over something else and fall down. And he did this multiple times. Um, and after a while, he just couldn't get up again. So the next morning when it became light, uh, Jesse was confused and he didn't know where, where his SUV was uh, because everything looked completely different. In reality, Jesse had only walked about 150 feet from his SUV, but he couldn't see it through the thick brush. So there he lay in the middle of about 20 acres of a thick forest from Saturday night, all day sun uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Jesse said, Every day I screamed, hoping somebody would hear me. But then he lost his voice. So he said, I thought that maybe I'll just lay here and die. And that's the way it was supposed to be. And then early Sunday morning, it actually rained. And it had, for the first time in a few months <laughs> in that part of Texas, uh, and so Jesse was able to catch a few uh, sips of water, and he ended up being able to live uh, on this rainwater. He survived, I mean, on the rainwater. So finally, on Wednesday, uh, two bicyclists told police that they had noticed this abandoned SUV um, in the Mountain Creek Lake Park in Grand Prairie, several hundred yards from uh, Interstate 20. Um, and when the police ran the license plate number, uh, they found that it belonged to a Jesse Stevens who had been reported missing. So Officer Doherty was one of the first on the scene. Uh, who, uh, and so he got there, he saw the SUV, and he started scouring the woods around the SUV. And after a short time, he saw a body on the ground. And so he went running toward it. And in his mind, he wasn't thinking this was going to turn out very good. Uh, because the body was not moving. But as he ran toward Jesse, he remembers the old man's first words. He said, Jesse said, boy, am I glad to see you. Um, hungry and dehydrated. Um, otherwise, Jesse was in good shape. He was okay. Now imagine how Jesse's family rejoiced when they heard that he had been found and that he was okay. What a relief that would have been for them. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. You know, people who are lost are like family members who have just wandered off and they don't even realize they're lost. You know, as Jesus has taught us, we are sent to find the lost and then bring them to him, to point them to Jesus, and, and do this by living as followers with them, 
and sharing the message of Jesus with them. Who can we think of that is lost? What are we going to do about it? How can we connect with them? How can we point them to Jesus through our life as a follower and with his message as Lord and Savior? You know, I'm grateful that we have been doing this together as a church community for years now. And we will continue to do this together of seeking the lost. And we do this by investing relationships, investing ourselves in relationships with those in our lives that God has brought to us or us to them who are lost, who, who are not following Christ as Lord. And we do this, we can in, in become friends with them or be a good friend to them um, because God values them. And then if opportunity comes, invite them to, a, to join a life group for what we call an invite night. It's kind of like a game night or or just to hang out with a group of us for, you know, at Sun Mary or for bubble tea or when we go hiking or out to eat or anything that we do together, we just invite these family members, these coworkers, these fellow students, whoever they may be that are lost in our lives, that we value because God values them, and invite them into our community or part of our community. Because we're in this together. We do this together. We seek the lost and point them to Jesus as his children. So let's keep up this good work for the kingdom of God to be intentional with our relationships with those who are lost. For God has put us in the lives of these people around us to seek these lost and point them to him because he desires that all people would come to know him as Lord. Let's pray. Father, we know this message, but we need to hear it again and again because it's easy for us to get complacent, to just enjoy our situations, our comfort. And we know it can be uncomfortable to, and it takes energy to connect with people who are different from us, who are maybe outside our sphere of comfort, um, to, to develop relationships with people that we work with or that we study with, or that even our relatives that may seem so different from us. Um, Lord, we pray that your spirit would continue to put that fire in us that you had, Lord Christ, of why you came to the earth, to seek and save the lost. Well, we will seek the lost. We don't save them. We just point them to you, Lord Jesus, as the Savior. And we pray that you would continue to sensitize ourselves as your followers at Cornerstone to bring people and point them to you in a way that we see them come to know you personally as Lord. Give us opportunity, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's good to be with you again. We'll see you next week.